I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging In Digits. We're here on the, what's it, the second to last now? God, yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. Did you clock them hums while I was uh, while you were talking? I did. I thought it had to do with the fly that was <laughs> flying around your room because you just, every, just you got this issue. You have this issue with flies, man. What's this issue you have with flies? We got to explain. Bro, we have like, cl- okay, so this has nothing to do with the, f- mini, the small little fly in my room. I don't know how I class it. I don't know why I class it. I'm not a, a flightologist. But I do have. I have had a cluster of flies in my in my attic recently. So there's that. Has just been recently been on my mind. So like I I wake up. I come into the bathroom and there's like five, literally zombie like flies just like chilling. They don't even move. Like you can slap them. They're just right? in and the cut, man. They're just chilling out. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> in the cut. <laughs> they're loitering. <laughs> that's what they're doing, they're bro. Just out. Get out of my pro- get off my lawn. That's what they're doing. Huh? They're loitering on my lawn. Get out! They're literally they're so weird. Like they, cause, cause there's no food up there in the attic. Like they just come down somehow. Don't know how, but um, oh, my theory, an, my theory is that my theory is the lighting. Um, cause uh, there's like, there's like a part. Uh, cause like the house we've moved into, it's it's, over, it's been over a year. I've I've moved into this house. I'm I'm in this house, but yeah, it's just like things we keep discovering. Like every month, it's just annoying. But anyway, um. DIY SOS episode over. Um, <laughs> uh, Deep dive on the insects. <laughs> I know, right? What the fuck? I know it's like it's like country file and the uh, fucking DIY SOS at the same time. Like, uh, if anyone wants to come rebuild my house, uh, no, I'm joking. That's it's fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate, I hate, I, I, I don't want to be a homeowner. To be completely honest, it's shit. It's depressing. But anyway. Uh, hi Ben, <laughs> how's your week been? Hi Charlie. And what have you been listening to this week? <laughs> uh, my week's been okay actually. Um, I got some deep dives here, man. Is your house some... shit? I'm joking. <laughs> look, my house is. Look, I got a huge freaking house, and I'm a homeowner for six months out of the year. Like I'm in charge of this house for six months out of the year, and it is really hard. We have so many plants, so much shit goes wrong. The other day, a lot of foliage. Can't do it. A lot of foliage. The other day, uh, a pipe just randomly burst, and there was just water exploding out of the ground from oh, underground. And oh. so it's called the plumber in. I turned the water. It was a complete mess, and it's an old house. And one time we had to get the roots cut out of the pipes. Oh my gosh, man! It's this hard freaking work. So I understand, but uh, I would. I quite like to be a homeowner because that's wealth. That's freaking wealth right there. Um, that's right. such a Jay Z. Some such a Jay Z fan, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's such a well, it's a four 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 thing, man. It taught real me. estate. <laughs> it really taught me. All right, I'll get into what I listened yeah, to but... this week. So if, I'm going to go from best to worst again, and I'm going to put Doge, I'm going to put Doja Cat right at the top here. Hot Pink. Uh, did not expect okay. to, did not expect to like this album, but because. Mm. I assumed it was just about sex, and 77.9% of Doja Cat's bars are explicitly about sex. And well, I was, so you ain't wrong, then. 
No, no, no. I was right, man. And I was yeah, thinking. Hundred percent right. <laughs> I was thinking as I listened to the album, she might have a more sexual album than Tiger, and then Tiger just pops up on the final track, and I was like, oh yeah, that's on brand. And uh, t- it was Tiger only got to sixty-seven point two percent. So that was only incredible. you care about that combination. <laughs> only I, only I. Uh, but it was a great combination. I loved it. Um, but I thought it was a great album. Uh, and I think this was a really good concept album and an, an interesting and engaging way to take it on. Like Doja Cat has so much fucking swagger, man. She she's like Cardi B on a song, but. But Doji Cat's even more like versatile. Like she sings, she raps, she she's a genuine artist. And some of her bars are just so funny. Like on rules, the hook is play with my pussy, but don't play with my emotions. And I was just like, oh, that's fucking <laughs> best. And then later on the song she raps, if you don't dive in that pussy like dolphins, if you don't dive in that pussy like oceans. And I am butchering it, but she actually rhymed dolphins and oceans somehow. So, man, that, that was a great album. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, so like dolphins, oceans? Yes, yeah, so it was something like that, man. Look, just go and listen mm-hmm. to it and then and then just bask yeah, in the, okay. the brilliance okay. of her artistry. Um, so I like that album. Action I can't Bronson, promise anything. Action Bronson's Lamb Over Rice, which is an EP we've discovered. Which is a boss food, by the way. Yeah, man, lamb over rice. I, I, well, mm. I don't, I don't eat meat personally. I'm, I'm plant based, and I have been for a few years. But when I used to eat meat, chicken, okay. o- chicken over rice was pretty cool. But lamb over rice is right there. Uh, and mm. the thing, I, mm. the thing I like about this Action Bronson album is he's not putting so much pressure on himself with regards to music these days. Like you and I spoke off mm. the air about fuck that's delicious, and he's clearly mm-hmm. got a lot of other things in the in the in the fireplace and. When he's just coming off the cuff like this, that's when yeah. he's he, he he's at his best. Like Mr. Wonderful was a little bit too much. Like he was trying too hard. And this is just right. him, man. This is just him. He he's he's not an artisan on the mic. He's an artisan in the kitchen. But when he raps, when he's just having fun with it, it comes off really good. It's only ten point four percent related to food, which is a marked reduction in food references. There's more sport references. And the funny, the great thing about Action Bronson is most of his bars are entirely self-contained. It's just like one bar, one story. It's like that's it, and mm. then he moves on to the next bar, and then the next bar. And it's, mm. it, I don't know, it's just it's it's quite a unique characteristic he has. Little Wayne hat does that sometimes. Um, and the Alchemist production is just smooth. Like Alchemist is is mad underrated. That that um one of the greatest Alchemist videos ever is when if anyone has never seen this uh when Eminem's on Tim Westwood and Alchemist is on the beat it is staggering go watch that because Alchemist is a superstar. Um, also sure. listen also listen to Ryuichi Sakamoto and Alvinoto. It's like very uh, ambient music um, and they played a gig at the Sydney Opera House and they recorded it and they released the album. And it was be- it's nice. beautiful. I didn't really enjoy the concert that much, but uh, man, their performance when it's recorded is just godlike. I it's it was totally improvised for like eighty minutes, and yeah, I would, if if you listen to Electronica, go listen to that album because that's a great album. That's a really great album. Finally, got to Everyday Life by Coldplay. Oh man, so look. <laughs> Look, this is weird because Coldplay has always been one of my favorite bands, and 
It okay. seems like it seems like at no point, and this is what I love about them. At no point has Chris Martin cared about the criticism leveled at them. You know, they make anthemic, uplifting pop music, and they just do it better than everyone else in the entire world. But I assume this is my assumption because their first album had these Radiohead vibes. The in crowd in Britain just disowned them when they started deviating from the truly historically boring we're trying to sound like radiohead which is basically what every freaking british indie rock band does and it becomes so stale the funny thing is right that this becomes so stale that in the end by their fourth album they go back to sounding like coldplay anyway and so if you listen mm. to all these these like these bands that that started off in that old british alt rock scene they end up sounding like fucking coldplay just a shit tier version of coldplay at the end. So I never understood the criticism for Coldplay. Every every album by them has been steeped in personal experience for me. And it seems like every album has come at like some huge emotional event in my life. Like Viva La Vida, when it dropped, it was a week that I just fell deeply for this British girl. And that that was wild. That was so wild. It, like that album I can barely listen to anymore because it just takes me back to that experience. And then when Ghost Stories dropped... Which was the it was complete opposite. I had been just admitted to a psychiatric hospital, and I listened to ghost stories like every day while I was in there. And I don't know. It just seems like they keep coming out at the exact right time. But this album is garbage. It's honestly garbage. Now I'm going to give a baseline to this. If anyone saw Get Into the Greek with Russell Brand, Jonah Hill, and Diddy, did you see that movie? Yeah, that's a good film. I like. It's it. a great film, right? This album is their African Child. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a totally tone deaf oh, no. fake woke album. Okay? Every track is a self-contained story as Chris Martin tries to oh. he tries to grapple with the problems of everyday life as if the last 15 years of Coldplay hasn't been dealing with the total exact opposite oh, of that. No. How can you go? You can't go from singing, you're a sky full of stars, you light up the dark, to this. Okay, this is a line. This is a genuine line. And I apologize to anyone if this offends you from what I'm about to say. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the N-word. Chris Martin did not go that far, and I will never I'm say that to word. Quiet so I can hear it. But he says, Trouble in town... Because they hung my brother Brown, because their system just keep you down. And then on the chorus, he sings, I get no shelter, I get no peace, I just get more police. Bro, you are... What the fuck are you doing, Chris Martin? Shut up. wow. It sounds like that horrible Eminem song, Untouchable. It's like, just... What what the fuck was that? I... I, Dude, the whole album is... In, and I, I really apologize if I've offended anyone out there for, <laughs> by, by saying that. That I'm just repeating Chris Martin's lyrics. I would never say that. No no Oi. self-respecting white person should be saying that. <sighs> and so, look, they, they even... You know what they're going to do? They're not going to tour now because, for conservation reasons. Because they say it, it, uh-huh. it's too much yeah, of a carbon yeah. footprint. Like, oh, this is garbage. I hate. I mean, this that's album. cool. This, that's that's the cool like way of thinking about it. Like, I, I you know, I, if they're gonna, be, if you're gonna be about it, then be about it, and then actually do that. That's fine. But that is just crease, man. That is just crease. <laughs> but the thing, look, the thing about it is, you know, as the statistics show, there's like 100 oh. companies in the world that contribute over 80 percent to 
global warm or climate change. So there are yeah. just 100 companies that do that. Coldplay is not in that 100 companies. Okay, people are going to be flying around. There's going to be thousands of bands. And what we don't want, what I personally don't think the answer to climate change is reducing our humanity and just reducing our ability to enjoy life. If you're removing artists touring, how stupid is that? That is not the right way to go about it. Everything about this whole rollout and album is just the wrong way to go about affecting social change. You know, he says at one point, am I the future or am I the history? And it's like, you just, you, I don't know what the fuck you are. You, you have no idea what you are. This album has no idea what it is. Bro, this is just garbage. I don't know. Like, it's like, what, why did you, uh, anyway. Yeah, fuck. It's just not a good album. Don't listen to this album. Don't. Just wait until their next album when everyone's just they've gone. Numb. They're gonna they're gonna sell less than Trippy Red this week. They are pro- projected to do less than Trippy Red this first. That's their first week of sales. Can you believe that Coldplay? And that I mean, yeah. that I will tell. I don't know what to feel about that. To be honest, <laughs> I'm not exactly like a, a caper for Coldplay. I mean, what? it's funny, like because. For all throughout the past decade, I've heard about Coldplay, and I I personally have not not listened to Coldplay, but <clears throat> in like in past years where someone's mentioned Coldplay, I'm just like, nah, I'm cool, because from what I hear, I just don't really rate it to be honest, and like people just type it up to be you know, oh they're so, they're so positive and all this stuff, and they're so like you know um uh, what's the word like uh, hopeful and stuff like this, and I'm like. Cool. You can go listen to that, and I'll go listen to something else. No, no sweat. Yeah, that's fair. And the fact that it's come to that is absolutely glorious. I can't, I couldn't believe it. Like when you just said African child, honestly, there was like a split second. I was like, wait, <laughs> like a split second. I was actually had to think about it and then play the song in my head, and then why that was a problematic song in the film. And I was like, oh, 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 no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. No, 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 no. Oh no. boy. Look, I look, I felt I feel still feel uncomfortable reading those lyrics out. I that don't feel so... comfortable. Oh. And and how could you be comfortable singing that on a So track? they've gone full they've gone full YouTube but even further. Oh, like... Worse than YouTube. I mean YouTube Worse than YouTube. YouTube is garbage, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But like <laughs> but and YouTube used to be great. But they've did it's like oh. they saw Bono and said, nah, we'll triple down on that. We'll, we'll, I'm we'll... surprised it's taken this long, to be honest. Same. I really am. I'm Same. surprised it's taken this long. Same. But they <laughs> got there and it's horrific. I hope they go oh. back. So, yeah, that's lovely. worst album of the week. Absolutely lovely. It's like, uh, it reminds me of like the uh, Instagram influencers that go to Africa and then they just take pictures and it's just uh. like, why, uh. why are you like this? Please uh. delete your account. Anyway, um, less problematic music on my side. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going to go uh, chronologically with mine, because uh, that's how I did it. Uh, I'm going to start with DJ Shadow, which I... Well, actually, yeah, no, DJ oh. Shadow, which I uh, which okay. I uh, was supposed to listen to last week. And it was one of those albums I forgot I, I didn't get to. Um, it's a double album, um, and it's split. And the first half is instru- uh, purely instrumental, and then the second half has like features and you know just like um, wrapped content on it. Um, the first half is not it. It's not it for me. Um, some some beats here and there, you know, okay. Some motifs and some songs they're okay, but there there's just a, there's just a lot of tracks where I'm just like, this is a bit too industrial for me. 
You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a bit. It's, it's just too much on that side for my for my blood. I'm not really. It's, it's just a. I'm I'm just not into that kind of thing. Um, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure there's people that would rate it. It's very industrial. It's very you know just um, you know if you listen to like a you know death groups and all that, then you'll like the first half of this. Um, the second half, which goes into the features and uh, has like people like Nas, Ferro Manch, De La Soul. Uh, Wi-Fi, I think. Uh, no, not Wi-Fi. Wiki. Sorry, that's Wiki. Wiki. Um, yeah, it has a it has them in there. It's uh, yeah, some good features on there. And the 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 second half is very good. Like the Nas and Ferrimonte features on one song is very good. Uh, Rocket Fuel with the De La Soul, I absolutely love. I've got that in my regular rotation now. Absolute tune. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's a it's a tale of two halves. Tale of two albums, basically. Um, you, uh, you know, obviously the the. It's called Apathetic Age. I don't know if I said that. Um, and obviously that's kind of like... Uh, you see the album cover and you're assuming stuff. It's just like, you know, commentary on our age and social media and all this. And, you know, in a way it kind of is a little bit post-apocalyptic uh, in its sounding, in the f- especially in the first half, especially in the lyrical content. Um, but yeah, so... It's, it's, it, like I said, it's a tale of two halves. I, I enjoyed the second half, not really much on the instrumental half. And this has come from a guy just to say, I haven't listened to, like, um you know, Introducing. I didn't I haven't listened to that yet. So I haven't listened to much of DJ Shadow's album content. I've, lis- I've listened to some, you know, production here and there. but um uh, So I just wanted to say that just outright, because um, it's acting like I'm, you know, constantly into DJ Shadow. It's probably, like, the first time I've been into it. So if he's been in that kind of bag before... I didn't know about that, so anyway. Um, Also, Ashton Bonson, Alchemist, Name of Rice. um, Yeah, I did enjoy it. And um, I will say that, again, I'm not really... uh, I've listened to some Ashton Bonson here and there. You know, I've listened to a few tracks, a few features, and I'm not really really that deep into it. But this is good. I really enjoyed it. Um, Mm. Alchemist, like you said, just on point. uh, One of the best producers out there. Really underrated. Um, obviously mentioned is Yacht Rock 2, uh, which is on my long list for album of the year, uh, album of the year, uh, top 20 albums of the year. And, uh, yeah, so, and this is, and this is just as good on the production side and, uh, uh, Action Bronson comes in with some really just, just a, you know, st- a thought, a stream of consciousness. And it's just like, yeah. and that's kind of, that's kind of, I kind of enjoy that when, uh, he just goes, um, or he just talks about what's on his mind, wherever it is. And it's kind of, it's, it's kind of fun to listen to. Uh, so yeah, it's a very good, very good EP, very good extended play on that one. Um, uh, so next one, uh, next one is uh, Harley Blue and uh, I, I, Blue Stabe, B L U E S T A E B Stabe, Blue Stabe. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's a, it's obviously a duo album in that in that sense. Harley Blue is a artist from uh, Nottingham here in the UK. Um, and uh, uh, Blue Stabe is a uh, uh, I don't know where he's f- I didn't I didn't look up where he's from specifically I'm assuming European uh, but he's like a uh, very chill hoppy kind of producer you know so it's, this this album's very the album's called She um, it's a very it's very heavy on like uh, you know electric keyboards it's very smooth on that front there's a lot of jazzy uh, influence here and Harley Blue comes in with a, a great like a, a an interesting voice. I can't really explain it. I've heard I've heard that kind of tone before, but I can't I can't I can't really uh, put my finger on it. I only listened to it today, so um, I can't I haven't really <clears throat> been able to do some research on it. But uh, yeah, so it's, it, she has an interesting voice and uh, an interesting content as well. So that was actually a good album. I've been meaning to listen to that for a while. It's been out for a few months, so I've always had it on the list, but I never got around to it. Uh, album 
an album I, listened, I wanted to listen to last week and haven't gotten to since uh, until now. Uh, Terry Lyon Carrington and Social Science uh, Waiting Game. This is a near two-hour project um, of jazz, hip-hop, a little bit of rock in there. Um, it's a it's a, it's a good mix of it's a good mix of a lot of things. There's some good inspirations on it. It's it's, it's a jazz album at its heart. Uh, but there's some like I said, there's some genuine hip hop influence. Uh, it reminds me a lot of like the Roots in a way, um, in terms of how they how they do certain tracks, uh, and then some other tracks just dip into uh, mainly jazz. And there's a couple tracks here and there that go into a little bit of rock on a rock side. Um, one song I just want to shout out called The Anthem features Rhapsody and <clears throat> for most people that have, that are fans of Rhapsody most of the time, and this is me as well, including me, uh, the first time I heard her was obviously on Kendrick's album, uh, To Pimp a Butterfly on Complexion, and it started from there for me, my fandom of Rhapsody anyway. Uh, this is, the, the Anthem is about, I think, seven minutes long, and I'm telling you, uh, Rhapsody on this is like it's like complexion, but option of Eve to be honest, because it's very empower uh, women empowerment, uh, a lot of that kind of content, and it just is just great. And the crescendoing music behind her is just absolutely jaw dropping. I just love it. it; just gave me chills. So that was a particular song I really enjoyed. Um, the whole, like I said, the whole album is about two hours long, uh, but. If you're going to listen to it, I suggest stop at the title track, which is Waiting Game, which is also a really another great song. Because uh, after that, there is a there's four track there's four more tracks, but they um, I don't know I don't know what they are. <laughs> um, they're called uh, Dreams and Desperate Measures, and there's four of them. So part one, two, three, and four, and they just feel like they're having a jam session. That's, that's kind of what it feels like. Those four tracks, anyway. So. I don't know, if you want to save yourself some time, just listen up to Waiting Game, and you've got the pretty much the album of what it is. It's a great album for it, uh, uh, with that with that said. Uh, but I was just like, listen to the the, the, uh, the Desperate Measures, and the, and um, I forgot the name of it already, I literally had it on my screen. And yeah, it's, uh, it's just a bit herky-jerky, I didn't really know where they were going to go with that, but anyway. Uh, it's a good album regardless. And uh, lastly, listen to this today, uh, Labyrinth is back. God, it's been such a long time since another solo from uh, Labyrinth. Uh, this is Imagination and the Misfit Kid. I haven't listened to Labyrinth since Electronic Earth. Like, in, oh, when did that drop? Twenty twelve. Fuck. Oh boy, Labyrinth has been has been in the lab for a while. Um, but even with that said, I've seen him around in other places. Uh, he, I think he did an album with like C and Diplo last year, something like that. Um, I, I know it was C and someone else. And uh, he's been working with other people not on other projects. Uh, Kaigo is a good mention. Uh, he obviously did uh, some tracks for Euphoria, that uh, recent uh, uh, TV show that dropped uh, a few months ago. So Labyrinth is keeping busy. Uh, and this album here, Imagination of Misfit Kid, is um, it's very it's very labyrinth, you know, very electronic soul kind of vibes. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it likes to be airy in some places, but then brings you back down with like just some hard hitting, just electronic, um, electronic notes. Uh, his songwriting is good. I uh, really enjoyed the overall story of the album. I guess uh, I really enjoyed the track Mount Everest. I might uh, add that on my uh, what's the word? Uh, regular rotation. But yeah, it's good. Good album. And I'm glad Lambert's back. Uh, it's been. He's obviously been. 
uh, clearly from the album cover he's been uh, he's been uh, across uh, uh, he's been doing some travels and uh, getting some life experience in him so all the all the all the good for that but anyway uh, that's my list and we shall get into the show itself which is obviously part 3 of our uh was it top 10 albums of the decade um so yeah we are going from number 5 to number 2 and if you wonder no. where number one's coming from, that's coming next week in a whole episode because we have the same pick for number one, um, and we're just going to spend obviously next episode just uh, gushing over that particular album and that particular artist. Uh, but for now, we are talking about uh, uh, well six more albums uh, for each of, uh, three for each of us from five to two. Um, and so I don't know if you have any updates you want to give on your opinions or whatever. Or- uh no no updates uh no i'm i'm good man like i think this list is is gone i I listened back to the episode last week it was so much fun i I don't know how we're gonna get a whole episode next week out of confessions of a dangerous mind by logic but we'll try oh you see i was gonna do that i was was gonna do it i didn't know where to slide it I was going to say DJ Khaled. Oh, you uh, ruined it. Well, we could get it out of DJ Khaled. I mean, that's a great album. There's a lot of angles to analyze. Shut the fuck up. Keep quiet. So let's go with number five. Uh, who started last week? Was it you? So um, I might as well start then, if that's the case. Yeah, and then go. You can st- and then, then you can uh, start your opening salvo for next week. Uh, so yes, my number five. What did he pick that isn't good, that is better than Good Kim SE? Stop it. Stop it. That's not what I'm saying. No, it's going to be everyone. <laughs> That's what we're doing here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, yeah, it is uh, Anderson Pax Malibu. So, um, I've been a, I've been a real big fan of Anderson Pack in his... Uh, Literally since Malibu, to be honest, uh, I've I've I don't think album wise, I don't think really he's you know had a dud yet. And considering of all the um, considering how fast food music can be, and how much we put how much weight we put on every album now, even though we don't listen to albums, which is so amusing to me. Um, oh, your album's trash, but you but none of you listen to albums. Let's be real. You you lot listen to playlists, but anyway, that's for yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's for an episode we've probably talked about before. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but I've been a I've been a fan uh, of Vanessa Pack since Malibu, um, and clearly it's stuck with me. Uh, the particular album in question, <sighs> this album is just—it just—it's such an earworm. It is such an earworm to me. Like every, nearly every song on here, you can play like a second of it, and I'll know immediately what the song is. Like, and I don't think, and obviously that can happen for a lot of albums. Um, but I just—it just hits different for me in that in that particular sense. Like. Uh, you go from you start with the bird, and then heart don't, heart don't stand a chance a uh, chance with that oh, unbelievable. Uh, just it's, it's such a simple beat, but just uh, just just hits just hits you with a with a rhythm. You have to go with it. Like your head has to go with it. I think this is a. I think the reason why I love this album is is also more of a just a an overall commentary of just why Anderson Pack is just so damn good. And honestly, if if I'm really being real, it's like probably one of my top five like artists this decade. Because um, from the work okay. he's dropped, from Venice, is it Venice? Yeah, first album is Venice. Yeah, from man. Venice to Malibu to Oxnard Ventura, and obviously uh, the 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 one with knowledge as well. Um, it's just been a constant stream of just quality music. 
Like he just makes it. I don't want to say. Yeah, well, I don't want to say it. He makes it sound. He makes it sound like it's easy to make these tunes. Honestly, um, you know, he has the drums. He has this. He has that. He has some elements. He has this. He has his obviously iconic voice and yes, love. You know, it's it's great and it's very simple. But yeah, this particular album in question, I just uh, I just love the I just love the overall feel of it. Every song is just unskippable to me, and uh, the features as well from like uh, Schoolboy Q and uh, High Tech doing some production as well and uh, and others. It just it just all it just all jams for me. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a nice ride. And, uh, and sometimes you just want that out of an album. You just want to slap it on and just and just vibe out. And this is an ultimate vibe out album. I just I just enjoy it in every way. Yeah, the thing about Malibu, man, that's the that's the thing. Like when I listen to it, okay, I just I have this very strong memory in my head of like 2008, I think it was. I was in the car with my friends with surfboards on the roof. And we were up the coast, up the New South Wales coast. Just had my arm out the window. It was hot. It was sunny. It was beautiful. It was relaxing. And we were just chilling. Like, just totally chilling. Everything was cool. Everything was chill. And whenever I listen to this album, it just puts me in that headspace. Mm. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing about this album to me is that this is Anderson Pack's. It's just his second album. And he oh, no. totally, he totally. Let's talk about that seriously. He, he totally nails it, like absolutely. absolutely. You know, most most artists go through like a bit of an experimental phase, or they. But he just mm-hmm. he just brings it together, and he has his experimental phase after Malibu because he's already achieved perfection. It's like, well, what do yeah. you do now? <laughs> and then the, then you got to go do some stuff. And then he did some incredible stuff, Oxnard and, and uh, Ventura, and now he's mm-hmm. like the cheat code feature in hip hop. You know, if yes, like no. he will instantly lift the tracks by exactly. the simple virtue of him being there. And yep. I just think Malibu, uh, Anderson. Look, the the reason I like this album so much is because Anderson Pack is the reason why Malibu is such the high watermark that it is. He drives the vibe on every single song. Fact. It's almost like his voice is perpetual motion, and every yes. beat, no nice. matter how, no matter what it's doing, no matter what the beat is, no matter what it what it's feeling, it just is dragged along in the riptide of his energy, and yes. it's just masterful, man. I, mm. It's it's a piece of freaking art. It's incredible. Yeah, you know, we obviously can't we we don't obviously give him credit as a rapper because you know he's not exactly a rapper, but he raps and. And when when we when we go to when we when we look at a rapper sometimes and we see uh, we see a piece of work and they just like say and you and you some some people say give him a beat or give her a beat and they'll float regardless. You know he 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 does that as well. <laughs> like he just has a beat yeah. uh, and it just and he just floats on it. It just it just works every single time. Like uh, what's the what's the one with what's the one with Schoolboy Q? Uh, Am I wrong? Right. Ah, oh, just it's just so it's just so simple, like and just how he just he makes it look so easy from a lyrical stand not from a lyrical standpoint but just from a standpoint of delivery. And just a side note, I meant to say four to two, so get off my back. I said five, and I no no. I'll track my stuff. I'll track. Bro, you, you know what again. it is. You know what it is. I don't want to go on a tangent, but it's, you know what it is. It's because when we go down to three, I'm just like thinking. Five, four, three, you know, <laughs> or 
or it's I don't know I don't know how to explain it but when it goes down by three I, I can't my my brain can't comprehend unless it's like 10 to 7 but we did 10 9 8 so I'm like I feel like I'm one behind so I don't know it's weird my brain sucks on maths. Uh, seriously, I'm crap with numbers sometimes. I, say, I don't know how goes I do on, it. But anyway. What goes on in that head of Charlie? I mean, just getting angry at flies <laughs> and insects, can't count. But he's intelligent Fuck human. Flies. Very Fuck intelligent flies. I know. Human. I know. I'm making, my, I'm making myself out like I'm dumb as shit, honestly. I swear to you guys, I have brains. Sorry. I just... <laughs> it it, it made it look like... Charlie. It made it sound like it sometimes. But I just... I just... I swear over dumb shit, honestly. It's just how I, just how I like... Uh, I like being angry at small shit sometimes. But anyway, back to this album. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kind of ruined it. But anyway, <laughs> that uh, is yeah, the, the 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 vibe, the vibe just hits every time. And uh, I haven't looked at like production notes or anything, um, but it's clear that he just had, even at this point, just had a hand in it, and um, and just knew what he wanted. I guess it, you really get that from. Uh, from 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 some artists where like you know they 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 either know, they might know they might know what they want to talk about or they might know what beats they want but they might not have the other thing that obviously requires uh, an album to be an album. There's always something missing. But it just even with um even with like uh, Oxnard and Ventura, even though Dre was on obviously all over it and you know we constantly love talking about that the fact that Dre was on it ah oh, he has Dre but he has Dre behind him he has the machine behind him. Um, you know, I, I I have to I have to give Anderson Pack credit in terms of just like, especially with this album, he knew what he wanted on every single facet, and when you do, and when you plan out like that, yeah, it, it, it hits, and uh, you know, and and he just and he just cleans up, he just cleans up on it, and uh, yeah, can't can't salute this album more. It's just an absolute vibe. The production list is pretty epic. Anderson Park produces one, two, three, four, five of the songs himself. Katranada, DJ Khalil, Night nice, Wonder, nice. Madlib, nice. uh DJ High Tech. So it's a you know, it's a freaking That's a good list. list. That's a great That's a list. Fucking good list. Oh, and God. the thing about it is, man, you get you get Ugh. like you get Anderson Pack in the room and yeah. he's seems like he's kinda marshalling the troops and telling them where to go and yeah, you get this. Like And let's be real, the sound's timeless anyway, for what he is. Like he's kinda timeless in that fashion where like he can go do something from that sounds like it's from the seventies. And you know there there are many producers that can uh, cater to that, but you need him to make it work, and he is he is his own secret ingredient in that in that sense. Well, his voice is so unique. That's the great yeah. thing about it, you yeah. know. Yeah. And when he, you know, we no one talks about his rapping enough. When he was on um, RMP with uh, yeah. YBN Cordae, whole oh, what the fuck? And we we actually had this conversation on Wax about how is Anderson Pack becoming the new Andre three thousand like. He's just slaying guest features, and and three, uh, you know, three stacks is the the guest cheat code, and we'll get to that in a second because I've actually got an album on my list with a lot of Andre three thousand all over it. But he is like, man, he's the he at this point, Anderson Pack. You get him on a feature, that mm-hmm. song is gonna be freaking epic, and it all started back here at Malibu, you know, and and I really like his. His progression, I, I actually like that he became experimental on Oxnard. I, I love that album. I actually like that album more than Malibu, just because mm. I I kind of want, you know, Malibu is when Anderson Pack was just, 
in his comfort not in his comfort zone but like he knew what he was capable of and he's like this is what I'm, i can do really well and i'm gonna do it and then oxnard is like okay let's see what i can't do or what i have never done before or let's see just how far i can actually push my artistry and um i'm super excited to see what comes from anderson pack like he's in his 30s now so he's he's well experienced for sure for sure all right bins number four ha got it there you go <laughs> there you go <laughs> All right, so I got Kid Cudi's Gold passion for pain. Me. I got Kid Cudi's passion pain and demon slaying. Um, <laughs> and I, I said last week that it was kind of like I could interchange my four, five, and six, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I still can. I still can. Now, when I first heard "Surfing," which is the final track on the album, the first single, Tune. I loved it. But Tune. when the album dropped, it didn't really strike me as something I'd ever go back to. Uh, Cuddy, Cuddy was talking a lot about frequency and I wasn't sure what frequency he was creating on but I was certain it wasn't mine I, I was just <laughs> not resonating with me that's all I knew and that remained the way for about 18 months until I began and, and I'm going to get deep here a little bit I began to have these incredible spiritual experiences now I always knew that I was capable of altered states of consciousness without drugs ever since I began meditating and actually ever since I was young uh, I would kind of lapse into these weird heightened states without knowing how or why. And when I began meditating, I could focus it and my mind would kind of roam into these energy streams that took it into places that I never conceived. I, I never even knew were possible. And one night in, you know, it was about March last year, I was with a girl and we had the weirdest experience of my life. Now, I'm not going to go into full details, but we had a tangible exchange of memories. I could picture events from her past that she'd never told me before and she could do it for me and we just sat and described them to each other. And that was freaking weird and scary and both of us were terrified and we didn't speak to each other for a couple of days. And we came back together and we had a, a, we had about 100 more of these. Like it was just a crazy kind of spiritual awakening for me. Um, and so I started reading up on spirituality, chakras, energy systems and you know, opening your third eye, how to introduce targeted spirituality into sex, especially since my experiences that up till then had been kind of random and unexpected. And I remember sitting in a cafe one day and I just realized I could turn my third eye off and on whenever I wanted. It was like night vision goggles. And I could like see the energy and aura of the people around me. And I have no idea how or what mechanism was or how it can be explained. But since then, I've actually been able to target this spirituality. And so all of a sudden, passion, pain, and demons... I know that sounds crazy, and I'm fully aware, like people, you know, I've told many people this stuff, and they just sit there and look at me like, huh? But then the (laughs) people that I've actually been with and then taken them to those places with me, at first, they're kind of like, bro, that was witchcraft. Like, what the fuck did you just do to me? And then after that, they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like, I didn't know this other side of life existed. And Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying became really relevant to me when I started having this experience, and I could tap into his frequency. Um, And what I saw was his path to recovery from the mental issues that had plagued him on previous albums. And it wasn't necessarily my path. You know, this this is not the way that I'm going to recover from my issues through spirituality. But I was really inspired by Cuddy's journey and especially the end result, which became Kids See Ghosts, in which Cuddy appears like he's almost fully healed. And this album is just a total immersive listening experience. 
it kind of oscillates between Cuddy taking shelter within his mind from the harshness of the world to just being openly defiant of the demons that have held him back. 36% of his bars are just demon slaying. 34% are about passion and it's mainly around sex. And, you know, sex is sex is an interesting topic on this album because sex is just uh it's it's used as escapism by a lot of people and a lot of rappers rap about it in quite mm-hmm. superficial terms cuddy gets pretty deep on this cuddy gets pretty you know he, he says it's basically like a way for him to open himself up and open up his spiritual side and i definitely connect to that um 25 of his bars are pain he is definitely not fully recovered it's like living art this album like he kind of moves through the stages mm. and surfing at the end is not the culmination of his arc it's just another act of defiance in this album musically i think the album hits every note andre 3000 is just incredible on it uh by design i think the track that he's on there's another track that he's on later on in the album just stunning cuddy hums 473 times that's the most cuddy hums of any (laughs) cuddy album 473 that's totally wild um Mike Dean is all over this album as well, which is just yep. Mike Dean is everywhere, man. We got to we got to put some respect on Mike Dean because he's just freaking everywhere. Uh, Pharrell as well. The production is great. I wasn't a massive fan of Cuddy's reliance on consumption of drugs. I know that's been a huge part of his of his music and and his spiritual journey, but it it, it just doesn't resonate with me. I don't I don't take drugs. Um, and I don't really need the drugs to have these mind-expanding experiences. But yeah, man, this album just speaks to me on a really deep level. And it's a little bit less so like personal for me. Like, yes, it is. But I can really appreciate the journey that Cuddy's going through. Um, and so I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like that's my journey. Whereas with Mac Miller and Earl previously, when I spoke about that, I felt like they were really on the same level as me i don't think cuddy's on the same level as me but i really do respect his journey and i love this album you heard it at first ben thinks his journey's higher than kid cuddy's i'm joking i'm joking uh-huh. um <laughs> uh i think i find this uh I, I don't think i've really actually fully uh fully realized i guess what this album was until uh only a few weeks only a couple of weeks ago actually when Obviously, he obviously he tweeted to someone who said that they're listening to Speed and Bullet to Heaven, and uh, you know they they love it. And he explained a little bit on why that album is what the way it is, uh, <laughs> depending on uh, how you feel about it. I'll leave you guys to for those opinions. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I don't think I realized un- until until then, until he explained, and I obviously read those uh, particular tweets um, on what Speed and Bullet to Heaven meant to him. I don't think I realise the the I guess the the true importance I guess or the true um, what's the word the prevalence I guess of uh, passion pain and demon slaying until now. Um, I did listen to it when it kept, when it initially dropped, and I did listen to Speeding Woods Heaven, and was obviously, in my opinion, disappointed like most people, just going like, "What the fuck is this?" I'm <laughs> just yeah, yeah, being yeah. one of those people. I was like, I was just like. I was like looking for someone to hear this with me and just like go, "Are you hearing? Is this is this what I'm hearing?" Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, considering that this album is actually split into four acts, which pisses me off as a screenwriter. There's only there's either three or five. You you can't do sit four. Um, 
that's just nitpicky, but um, it's 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 a, it's a real fascinating album to listen to. Um, like I said, uh, my particular favorite tracks are probably Surfing and uh, Rose Golden with uh, uh, Willow. Ah, I yeah, really I oh, I played that shit out that, of that track. Melody I played the shit great. out of that track, man. When it, and she dropped, I had that in regular rotation for a good while. Um, I love that track, Rose Golden. Um, but yeah, so. Like I said, I think I think you put it pretty succinctly on the uh, on I guess the arc of it. But like I said, uh, I, I don't think I really clocked that arc uh, until he explained more on what Speed and Bullet to Heaven was about. I mean, we could have you know uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, Hypothesized what it was, uh, what it meant to him, and why he did it, why he did that, um, and why it was so erratic. But um, the fact that he said it a couple of weeks ago just really cemented it for me and just like made, made I guess, this album a little bit more, uh, uh, I think, what's the word? Uh, a need, I guess, to listen to. Um, like, cause, like, mm. cause like you said with Mac Miller as well, um, these, 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 these artists, uh, like Mac and like Kid Cudi, they do these albums as like a, not just as artistic pieces, but as also snapshots of where they're at. And yeah. I didn't really know where <laughs> Cuddy was at as being with Heaven, partly because I don't really follow Cuddy in any fashion. I'm not exactly like a, you know, a fan in that, uh, in that case. Um, but it really, like, like, like you said, when it comes to the, the Speed bullet, uh, Pash pain and Demon Sane and the kids he goes, there's really an arc there. There's really a down and then there's like a slow up and then there's like a near completion kind of thing. And, ho- and mm. maybe and maybe Intergalactic, which is obviously dropping in a few months, will yeah, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe cap it off and just put a, put a yeah, cherry on top of the cake. But um, yeah, th- and in that case, looking at it from Cuddy's uh, growth and snapshot of his life, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real good album to listen to. And uh, it's, uh, um, it's, it's obviously more... Um, substantive than the others uh so far but um yeah it's a it's a, it's a good album it's a, it's, a, it's a good pick that's what i quite like about this that it's exactly right you know i went when i when i did that humming statistic uh i did it for complex and i listened i had to listen to his entire discography back to back to back to back to back over the period of two weeks or 10 days i think i got it done in which is epic you know i, I love I'm the people's fucking... responses towards that by the way what, they, have, what they, ever, they ever think you're a fucking nut job for doing it or like they think you're just like an absolute g for doing it <laughs> yeah i know it's, it's crazy, never right? it's never in between now the funny thing about that was, when it, was pitched, when, it, when it was pitched to me i was like i've always wanted to do it but i just said look you're gonna have to i need a bag for this because this is gonna take a lot of effort and shout the complex they came through with the bag so i did it um but yeah listening through his entire discography it's like you know what's the crazy thing is speeding bullet to heaven actually sounds like the first fully focused album of his career and then because the other albums are great but they're, they're kind of mm. like all over the it's not a, it's not a it's not a consistent theme to okay. his albums and then yeah. you get speeding bullet to heaven passion pain demon slaying kids see ghosts and it's like this kind of self-contained like triplet of albums that yeah. describe a genuine story and you know you can speak about how you want with speeding bullet to heaven i think those Be- beavis and butthead skits are some of the most horrific things that have ever been put on wax ever <laughs> like they're just really really bad um 
but outside <laughs> of the, yeah, don't do it, don't do it. You give me fucking PTSD, man, because that was <laughs> listening back to that shit. You buy the G's, you know, that was a great show. Oh man, I couldn't love that couldn't show, stand that. But yeah, I, I just this album just spoke to me, and um, yeah, I just, I just, I just love Cuddy's spiritual journey, and and when my spiritual journey began, and yeah, man, I. I'm I'm a rational person. I'm a rational, logical person. Some of the shit that's happened to me does not make rational, logical sense. And when I first listened to this album, I was just like, "Oh, here we go. It's another one of these ones." But then when it actually started happening to me, I was like, "Oh shit! Someone else there has gone through this kind of shit." So yeah, that's why it's an important album to me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Shall I get to my number three? Absolutely, man. Hit us. Charlie's number three. Um, right. So. It's my time to get deep. Let's get it. Um, so go. this is so this is a totally wild pick. No, I guarantee you, nobody else in the world has no this one on will their guess list. This. And no one will nobody guess this has. Right and if people have this on their list, they definitely don't have it as number three on their fucking top ten albums of the decade. But I'll explain. But I'll explain why in terms of uh, my subjective pick. Um, so it's XV uh, mixtape Zero Heroes. Um, so XV, uh, for those that don't know, is an artist from Wichita, Kansas. Uh, obviously, uh, for those that know Kansas, a bit of middle of nowhere, Central uh, Alabama, and all that. And there's not many artists that come from Wichita, Kansas. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just how it is, I guess. Uh, but I, I initially, the first time I heard of XV was um, during. I, f- I forgot. I keep forgetting. I should, I should look up which NBA 2K uh, game it was. Um, I'm going to do that now, but uh, as I talk, but it was NBA 2K 11 or 12, something like that, and on one of those tracks was uh, uh, XV's Awesome, featuring uh, Pusha T, and I loved it, I really I really enjoyed it, it was uh, t- NBA 2K 12, actually, so uh, one that, actually, that's probably the GOAT NBA 2K, if I'm really being honest, like I say, gameplay-wise, it's absolutely baller, but anyway, not this is a gaming podcast, um, but yeah, that's the first time I heard of him. And I kind of just went down. Is, is it the first time I've? I think that's the first time I went down the rabbit hole with an artist. I think just actually trying to think about it now. That's I think that's actually the first uh, time I've actually ever f- thought of that. It might might be the first time actually. Um, so there you go. That just adds to the story, I guess. But um, yeah, so I, I was I was I was interested, and uh, f- and I saw the music video. And it's uh, all about like it's, it's like very South Park uh, vibes, and he has like the token shirt, you know, and it's it's, it's kind of funny in that way. Excuse the plane. Um, but once I got into once I continued through high school, and once I went into sixth form specifically, um, so around that time I'm like you know 16, 17, 18, uh, well 14 to 18 basically those four years anyway, um, and 19 I guess before I go to university. Uh, it was a time where I just had a lot, it, it was just a lot of, um, figuring out who I am, I guess, uh, the years before that, uh, for most of my life, it was very, I was very passive, I didn't really explore anything, you know, I didn't really, I didn't do much, I just watched, and most of the time I usually just watch TV, <laughs> and, uh, play games, but, like, a, obviously like a normal kid, but in terms of just, like, having thinking about the future and stuff like that and obviously around the time of high school teachers like tell you you should think about your future and stuff like that and start thinking about what you want to do and that never really 
even though I knew what I wanted knew what I wanted to do at that point, I just wanted to do media, something in media, and I took media in GCSE, and I really enjoyed it. It was one of the best moments, best times of my life. Um, shout out to you, shout out to that game. But um, once I once I got into A levels, I didn't really. I had to kind of like rebuild my. What's the word? Um, rebuild my attitude towards everything. Um, towards work, towards doing work, and towards criticism of that work, and uh, um, and just attitude towards other people, and how I present myself, da da da, or everything basically. I just had to think about it and actually rebuild myself in a way. And throughout all of that, um, XV was there, and in this particular mixtape. Um, through songs like Wichita, which is produced by Just Blaze and it's a fucking amazing track. Um, Pictures on my wall with Ken. Oh, is that, I think that has Kendrick on it. No, it's textbook stuff with Kendrick. Uh, that too. Pictures on my wall, which is kind of like a storytelling one about um, uh, basically about uh, him. I think his mother's getting abused, something like that. And you know, I haven't. That's not. That's not my experience. Just um, just to say, <laughs> that's not. That's not my experience. But. The fact that it was um, storytelling and you know putting his art onto the onto the page, uh, so to speak, it really hit me. And you know, there's obviously many other artists that have done that, but it just hit me different when it came to XV. And also the fact that he, as an artist, is very geeky, and as a person, he's very geeky. He has a lot of pop culture references, um, uh, especially in the uh, EP, uh, EP, especially in the mixtape Popular Culture. It's just a the whole thing is just a amalgamation of just like you know, uh, there's like tracks called Breaking Bad and stuff like that. So. He's very geeky in that sense, and appealed and appealed to me. I don't really consider myself as a geek in that way, but um, you know, I think we all have geek tendencies, especially in these days where you know people are watching superhero films religiously now. Yeah, um, I think so. yeah, exactly. So it's kind of mainstream in that sense. But but anyway, yeah. yeah so at that point, uh, it was just a time where whatever artist I listened to at that point had to be for a reason, and XV was that reason at that point. It was just that I needed someone to help me get through what I was was going through. Uh, There's a lot of health issues mixed in there. There's just a lot of uh, trying to, you know, get my mind right. Not exactly mental health in in the general sense that we think about mental health, but just trying to focus and recalibrate and understand what I'm here to do, and what I'm trying to find a purpose, I guess. And XV helped mm. me get that. So, you know, I get, I would say in the overall picture, it's it's just um it's just him as an artist. But the uh, but the mixtape itself was a uh, was one I constantly had on repeat, and uh, was just you know I don't really care if like people just say like uh, uh it's mad skips, bro, it's mad skips. I'm just like nah, it's, it's not about that. It's deeper than that. So, uh, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, Zero Heroes is a it's a great mixtape. I I highly enjoy it. Um, and he's finally come back with uh, his his first album since I think oh six, um, which is actually fascinating. But yeah, I'm just I'm just happy he's back in this case and especially this year. But in terms of that time, listen to Zero Heroes. Um, it just it just helped me become different. And you know the person you're listening to today is kind of partly because. Ex- because I listen to XV constantly, so uh, you know, take you think that take that, that with what you will. <laughs> do you think that the album was instructive for you, or was it just like part of 
because you know there are albums that are on while you're yeah going through something and yeah. there are also albums that are helpful and instructive do you think it was which one of those was it instructive in a way i guess um the one track i mentioned wichita was like very i, I still listen to that like to this day sometimes it's just like a real motivational one because you know the lyrics are literally like small town big dreams uh been dreaming this since the age of uh, 16 something like that um or 15 and i'm kind of I, i'm kind of in that same boat where i just like have all these ideas and these things i want to do and i've had them since i was about 15 16 when i just started like thinking like that so mm. um yeah, I guess in a way it's instructive, and uh, and uh, I think content-wise, it's just a lot of uh, things that appeal to me, and I just and I can relate to, and uh, yeah, and, and it's also I guess a case of like nobody else I know listens to XV as well, so it kind of feels um, very one-to-one, and it's like uh, you know. I'm the only person who listens to him, kind of thing, and obviously, no, that's not the case. There's a lot. There's a bunch of X Three fans out there, but um, yeah, in in that case of just being in high school, no, nobody's listened to him. Everyone, everyone's listened to Skeptical or whatever, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, it, he he is a different. He's he's different in a lot of ways compared to most people. Uh, to, compared to most rappers, and I felt that same way when it came to being in high school and being in sixth form, especially. So. Yeah, I really like your list in that regard because there's a lot of more positive, uplifting, like, well, just with regards to songs, you know, not maybe not so much albums, like yeah. they are positive and uplifting, but there's a bulk of just, yeah, positive and uplifting songs. And I really like that. It's a good headspace to be in, I think. Or not, maybe... Maybe not. That's not the right way to put it, but it's a good, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good place to gravitate towards. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna explain in a second why my top three is a little bit different in theme, but I really like your theme so far. And when I listened to Zero Heroes, I got a little bit of uh, what was the one um, Tiny Temper vibes about it, where it was kind of yeah. like, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. positive. It's pretty positive. You know, it's like, yeah. I I personally have listened to XV before. I, it wasn't popular heroes, uh, popular culture. Sorry, it was um, I don't know what it was, but I don't know how I came across. Was it everybody's XV. nobody. Yeah, it could be like it was around that 2010 2011 time. Yeah, maybe that. Uh, because I remember Blue Slide Park had come out, and I remember Chitty Bang had put their album out around <sighs> the same time. Chitty Bang, I haven't heard those in a while. I Man, I was yeah. on it. I was on that. I was on that vibe. I I remember when I was I started running again around 2010, 2011, and Blue Slide mm. Park was just constant. This whatever XV tape I was listening to at the time was constant because it was just either fratty or it was just positive or it was just you know kind of uplifting. Yeah. And I liked that. You know, it was it was good for a, for a workout. And I don't know how the fuck XV got some of these top tier, <laughs> bro. He's got Psy High, he's got Kendrick, he's got Pusha T. Where did he go for this shit? Like he's got what? Jay Cohen production as well, one of them. Really? Holy yeah. shit! All right, man. No, I really enjoyed this. the The second half of this was um really incredible. Foreign Exchange Student is ultra catchy. Yeah. Uh, Best Days of Lives is really uplifting. Yeah. Um, textbook stuff was great. Mm. Uh, awesome with Pusha T was great. 
uh yeah i can totally you know it was almost like when i got into that second half it was breathing life into me it just felt like the world just became a little bit brighter as i was listening to it and Mm. uh, it was a production it was xv it was just yeah i i really enjoyed listening to i'm glad you put this on your list because um i haven't checked back in it with xv since back then Mm. and i love that tape whatever the fuck it was i gotta go find out what that was but i really rate this tape man i really rate this tape yeah it's a he is one of those eyes where like he just find gems here and there and they stick with you forever but that that's just me obviously it doesn't have to be for everybody but um yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a very imperfect al- uh, album it's a very imperfect mixtape but if you allow yourself to just find something um that relates to you i'm sure there's one there's a track in there that can be so they could be for somebody you know what i mean so it's, it's a very wide range in that in that sense but yeah just overall was a nice he helped me a lot um and i can't really it's hard, it's, it's always hard to explain um unless you were there to be honest but uh, yeah uh, but yeah it's a it's a, it's a great mixtape noise and it'll always be uh listened to at some point whenever i need it and that's uh that's always good all right shout out xp Ben's number three. All right. I got Good Kid, Mad City at number three. Now, as I said last week, I put this album on the same day I listened to Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. And, bro, from Kendrick's first bars, I was just dragged into this world that he created for this album. Yep. He did the exact same thing to me with Pimp, to Pimp a Butterfly. And I think it's really difficult to achieve in any narrative, let alone just a musical narrative. I mean... Think about how hard that first sentence or that first bar or that first page is. Like, just as a creative, sitting down and thinking, how am I going to drag people in right now? Yeah. And he freaking did it, man. He did it so effortlessly, like he'd been writing screenplays his whole life. <laughs> and what I want to focus the attention on on this, because I've listened to it infinite times. Firstly, the skits. The skits from Kendrick's parents are really vital and incredible. I yeah, think I they it. act as like they act as the default narration to this album. You know, whilst Kendrick is the he's the protagonist and he uses his vocals to describe the events he's experiencing and detail his reaction and emotion within those events. Yep. His parents speak directly to the audience to remind us of where Kendrick is in the narrative. They yep. sum up what has happened during his verses and we get a full overview of the story as it progresses. Secondly, they're struggling with three conflicting emotions and thoughts, okay? So Kendrick is their child and they want to protect him. So there's genuine concern towards the end of the album. And, you know, when Kendrick loses his friends and he's still his friend to his friend is shot and he hasn't surfaced, both his parents are really concerned for his well-being and real is a great exemplification of this. They're dealing with the fact that he's growing into an independent adult, so they're not in charge of what he does or who he sees or how long he spends out. You know, you notice his mother always brings it back to the car because she's got no real sway over Kendrick except the fact that he has her car. And the final tragic part is they're clearly aware of his supreme ability and recognize the knowledge and empowerment he could deliver to those around him. And uh, on, on, I think it's real at the end when his father says, um, anybody can kill a man, that doesn't make you real. Mm. Real is responsibility, taking Love care that. of your family. Real is God. Yeah. And his mum, and I cry at this sometimes, man. I honestly cry at this sometimes. His mum says, tell your story to these kids in Compton. Let them know you were just like them. 
but you rose from that dark place of violence, becoming a positive person. When you do make it, give back with your words of encouragement. It's just so heartfelt and so beautiful. And they didn't even know where Kendrick was at this point. You know, they he hasn't resurfaced after his friend was murdered. Like, But they're still being rational. And I think that's so powerful. Um, I want to speak on his technique because the way he uses his voice on this album is just stunning. Look at his different vocal pitches. He changed his vocal pitch. I forget what it was, but it, I, I got the statistics somewhere. But it's like 13.8 times per song. He he just uses his voice unbelievably, like his low and smoky vocals on the opening track, and then his aggression on backseat freestyle as he tries to impress his friends, his rapping and singing on the art of peer pressure, the kind of monotone that he delivers on real, and every vocal pitch conveys an emotion that has been conjured by the words he's rapping. And when he harmonizes with his own vocals, it's like every time he does that, he's doubling down on whatever emotion he's trying to convey. Like the confusion of his addiction of swimming pools or the chaos, the total chaos of the art of peer pressure mm. or the introspection on Good Kid. It really, I think it really highlights the emotional touch points of each track and then like the emotional touch points of the album. And... The reason why I've got this album higher than the ones above it and the reason why my top three is different to my, you know, four, five, and six is because I appreciate it on so many levels and it's an everlasting album for me, okay? So the appeal of these albums and this album particularly, it's not time-sensitive, it's not emotion-sensitive, they don't require me to be in a certain headspace. You know, with Mac... Miller, Earl, and Cuddy, and Little B, I kind of have to be this way, the way that I am right now, and the way that I've been this decade, which mm. is mentally unwell. And mm. I don't want to be that way. You know, I, I don't want to be that that person. I want to be, I want to be different. I want to, I want to grow and learn and progress. And I know that the appeal of this album is just timeless to me. I've listened to it front to back so many times, and I'll always come back to this album because it's just a staggering piece of art. And, you know, I didn't even know Kendrick before this. And then yeah. he just drops this freaking bomb. And I personally did not know that he was well-known. You know, I, I wasn't around social media back then very heavy. And this just came out of totally left field for me. And I was like, whoa, shit, this is a great album. And I've been discovering great albums my whole life from unknown artists. So I just assumed it was going to be similar to that. But holy shit, his trajectory after this album. This is a very, very important album. Yeah, I was actually uh, recently uh, listen, uh, watched a video. Um, shout out to Volksgeist, um, good uh, essayist on um, uh, music essayist on uh, YouTube. Um, he did a like a he does his understanding this particular album uh, kind of series, and he did one on Cookie Messi with. Uh, I don't even know who I don't even know who it was. It might have been a fellow, another rapper, or uh, or someone, someone in someone in the hood, basically. And uh, he goes on to explain some of the songs and the you know backstories behind those and uh, why that song's important, whatever. But it was interesting because on the last bit he talked about how he related to it, even though he's a white kid from uh, I think New Haven, Connecticut. And I think that's something that is that needs to be. I guess, uh, displayed, uh, the fact that, you know, you can tell, you can tell stories, uh, till, the, you know, till the cows come home, you know, you, you, you can easily say, uh, this is about this, 
and uh, this is how it's going to go, da, 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 and then you go through the story. But the way Kendrick does it is in a way that, as a storyteller, makes it uh, makes it a real ride you want to go on, even though it's not something that you'd want to experience, basically. Um, and I think that's a good, I think that's an interesting balancing act that I don't think is regularly um, talked about. There are so, there are songs in there that you can play for days. You know, you could play swimming pool for days. You could play money trees for oh time. I still play money trees now and again because money tree slaps. You could play I could play Compton if I want to. You know, and and some people play uh, play sing about me constantly. I'm like I can't, <laughs> I can't personally. It's uh, it's just it's just uh, no. <laughs> but um, you know, it's, but for some people they can. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of an interesting uh, wrinkle about it, and it's absolutely a master uh, master stroke of storytelling. And uh, you know, some some a lot of people, like I said, can do storytelling, but there's but there's just some that can make it. Um, even though it's a cautionary tale, it's something that you'd love returning to. Um, maybe it's partly because you know you're not going to be in that kind of uh, environment. That's true. Maybe, possibly, that's true. but um, and uh, but so if you're in, if you're in that environment, that's also something that you can uh, raise up because it's something that um, speaks to your truth and speaks to your experiences. So regardless if you are in that particular kind of um, space in your life, whether it be obviously. Um, living in a living in a hood or or living in Compton specifically wherever or if you like Volks guys lives in uh, well was born in New Haven Connecticut the fact that you can still get something out of it is good and I think most I think most white fans of Kendrick um this has come from a black Kendrick fan but I think most most white fans of Kendrick understand where he's coming from and appreciate that I don't think that happens for many uh, black eyes that have a white fan base, but um, it does for Kendrick, and uh, that's something I think is uh, I think worth I think worth flagging up. Yeah, I think that's you know I don't want to give the ghost away, but I think that's something we can speak heavily on next week because I think that's a very important for sure thing to discuss. I really, really, really think it is to get both perspectives as well. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, man. As well said, like I think, yeah, that that's something we can definitely get into next week. But yeah, shout out to Kendrick on this album because yeah, this is a just this is a classic album. This is a stone cold classic album. Give me hell, yeah. You said stone cold, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, number two. My number Kanye two. Kanye West, my beautiful dark sister. That's amazing. We had the same number. Oh wait, we didn't. Oh. We'll get to yours in a fucking bit. All right. <laughs> Keep your. No, no, no. Speak <laughs> on this because this album's this album's classic. So speak Keep on this. Keep your ass in your seat, and you can listen to my number two. <laughs> <laughs> speak on this because this is a great album. Speak on it. Fucking hell. Get off your get chill. Keep down. You have. Give me one more album, and then we'll get to it. All right. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. 
right, so my number out. two is uh, Lil Sims's uh, Stillness in Wonderland. Now, I asked Ben to listen to Deluxe Edition, um, I which I do, which, you know, it doesn't have to, it, it, for me, doesn't, most of the time it doesn't really matter, obviously, because usually deluxe, edition, deluxe Editions are usually just like, you know, features that didn't fit with the album. They just wanted to obviously throw them in because they'll fire regardless or whatever. Um, obviously, I had Prime, rega- uh, 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 the deluxe edition, but I, that's just because I liked the features on it. But I don't, but I didn't really expect people to. Um, uh, I had it as a as the album itself, um, not as the deluxe edition. But I had to put in to uh, put in as a caveat to uh, for Ben to listen to the deluxe edition. Um, well, for this reason, and I'll, and I'll tell the story. So, the first uh, first time I listened to the Little Sims was uh, twenty sixteen. 2016, yeah, uh, I went to see Kano, uh, for, this was like the first, this, I think this particular show, with Kano and Lil Sim supporting, was like the first, the first moment where I was like, I need to go to shows more, because before then, I wasn't really that interested in going to shows, either I just couldn't afford it, or, um, just wasn't really into music like that. But once I once I saw Kano, once I you know was there up there in the front row and just like mosh pitting with a couple of people and like, and obviously Lil Sims was there and she was amazing. She was a great support and uh, and really I don't know I don't know what um, people's experiences are with supporting acts, but most of the time um, I have a good success rate in terms of enjoying supporting acts um, from the shows I've been to so far, especially in the past three years. And Lil Sims really kickstarted that for me. Um, at that t- at that time, she was about I think a month or two away from dropping Stillness in Wonderland. So obviously, perfect time to go listen to Lil Sims' previous stuff. Um, at that point, she only had like one studio album out, um, Tales of Trials and Persons, and uh, many, many, many EPs and uh, mixtapes from uh, back in the day, which I didn't really listen to until a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, once I I was I was very excited to listen to Stillness in Wonderland, and as you could guess, um, it's it's obviously it obviously plays on uh, Alice in Wonderland, and uh, it's, it's it's basically just that simple storyline that she goes down the one down the rabbit hole Wonderland da da da, and then she has to um, find a way back out. Um, but the reason why I wanted uh, Ben to listen to the deluxe edition uh, was because the songs on there, even though they weren't obviously part of the narrative of Stillness in Wonderland, and I want to say that is obviously a uh, reason why I really enjoy this out, al- uh, really enjoy this album, because um, it really is a interesting way of going about it. And uh, considering that it's only our second studio album, and even before, even before then, with the mixtapes and the EPs, there wasn't a, there were just bars being thrown. You know, what I mean, it was just, it was just like, you know, I've got this, I've got this uh, beat. I'm gonna put spit some bars on it. It's the first time she did a concept album, and. Uh, I mean, clearly, since it's number two on my list, I've really enjoyed that fact. Um, but from some songs like starting with like LP, LMPD with Chronics and, uh, you know, that interesting messaging of just like, you know, you're trying to do your things, but you're also letting your people down. It's just like, I feel that a lot. And, um, and, that, and that's just me personally. I feel, you know, sometimes I do feel like I'm letting people down in some way, whether it be socially or, or whatever, but it's for a greater cause in my mind. Uh, but then stuff like doorways and trust issues, um, shotgun with, uh, with Sid is an absolute jam. Um, then picture perfect is great as well. King of hearts with chip and gets. I saw that live. Oh God, that's such a fire track. 
Um, you got people like BB Borelli as well, and uh, uh, and also people like uh, Bad Bad Not Good on um, the um, on the deluxe edition. Mm, but anyway, that was crazy, yeah. But yeah, the reason why, and I'm finally going to get to it, why I I feel like you need to listen to the deluxe edition was because there are some tracks, the tracks on there, um, especially Morning with Sweeping Dark and Backseat, um, and also Customs and Good for What. Those particular tracks in, in in question, I felt like the reason why she didn't put them on there on the actual album itself, on the original album, was because obviously they didn't fit into the narrative. But those four tracks in particular gave a lot more into who Lil Sims is as a person uh, more than most of her previous work. Um I feel like when I listen to Morning Soup and Duck, and she goes like, um, <laughs> I, uh, "I don't want to, I don't want to grow old with like, you know, no, no, no kids and stuff like that," and that kind of mortality, uh, even though you know she has she has stuff to do, of course, and stuff like backseeing Good for What, uh, which is absolutely my jams and have been my jams since. Um, Good for What is obviously very chesty and very like, you know come at me, <laughs> come at the king you best not miss kind of thing, um, and Backseat is very, um, reflective and very, uh, um, kind of just hyping myself up and, like, looking in the mirror saying you've got to go do it and stuff like that, um, those particular tracks and the reason why I had the deluxe edition was because, uh, as an artist, I really, you know, I have Lil Sims in my top five right now, I think she's amazing as a lyricist, she's a top two lyricist in my mind, and, uh, and Grey Area, obviously, the album after that, which dropped this year, is obviously um, a really solidifying extension of that. But this album just holds more for me in terms of just, obviously, the storyline and the fact that I enjoy concepts and uh, and how she goes about it is very fun and very interesting. But also on the deluxe editions and the, and the uh, tracks besides that really told, really gave me... It was the first time where I felt like a female artist that raps, which some people like to call them female rappers, can can really get it done and can really relate to you. Um, that's the fir- that's probably the first time that happened to me. And since then, you know, obviously mentioned the Kuunaru um, previously, Rhapsody, uh, My Moon Yusuf as well. There are many other female artists now that I've been listening to and have been making an effort to listen to, and I can find relation in those. And previously, I didn't have that. Um, partly because of just my, I don't know, partly just because of my upbringing and just um, that didn't really feel like a necessity to me. Uh, but after I listened to Little Sims and after I listened to those particular tracks and obviously the album itself, I began to realise that it's not just, it doesn't have to be a dude, basically. Um, and that kind of just opened like a whole, a whole nother door for me. Um, so yeah, the reason, <laughs> partly the reason why I listened to Rhapsody was, was mainly because I listened to Little Sims and I, mainly because I went to see Kano and uh, she was there and she absolutely bossed it. So, you know, it's, it's funny how, it's funny how things that, like that can just chain link and, uh, you can, and that's obviously why I've, I've tried to do here in terms of, in terms of tender story and just, um, uh, uh, putting a beginning point, but yeah, 
the reason why I have Rhapsody in my top five right now, also Lil Sims in my top five right now, is because of Lil Sims, and it's because of this album particularly, and especially um, the deluxe edition, I guess. Yeah, she rides all over this album, man. This just, like, her rapping ability is just, yeah, absolutely top tier. And, you know, for some reason, British rappers don't always get the the cred they deserve as being, like, technicians like really good technicians like yeah uh if anyone listened to dizzy rascal on that song space bro why aren't we talking about dizzy rascal like he i was gonna put that on, that album was nearly on my top 10 by the way rescue that's just, dude he they they some of these these british rappers are just fucking amazing and and lil sims is in that category you know and i've always slept on her but i don't know why but I love that the depth that she's willing to go with on this album, you know, with regards to her mental state, about music and touring and money, a family, and her position in the culture and the genre and, and how she feels about what her responsibilities are and, and what she feels she needs to do as an artist. I really like that. Uh, and the beats, man, it's it's almost being a little bit... It's not fair to call them beats. It's production. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was really surprising uh one in rotation was like really warm and then to go into this weird grind and era clips on shotgun which then has this warm synthesizer that comes in mm. picture perfect has this like french vibe mm. king of hearts could king of hearts could soundtrack a top boy episode dead set <laughs> like i it could did, see it did, it did. <laughs> i could see Deshane and sully just just cruising up listening to this man it would it would be right in there and yeah, just so, that cello comes in dun it, dun it. yeah and i yeah i really like this album i think this is i i messaged charlie when i was listening to it i'm like bro this is perfect this is a perfect album this is just incredible it's a great piece of music it's a great piece of hip-hop music and yeah shout out to little sims for putting you on because yeah unbelievable album and you're right female rappers can rap just as well man did they have to did you have to have that to to happen to you, um, in terms of just what? like listening to a female and like just actually going, oh, um, I can relate, <laughs> kind of thing. I don't think that. I mean, the first time I was really exposed, like obviously I listened to Missy, but yeah, the first time I was I was exposed to a rapper. A, a, a just to say, I've listened. Obviously, raps. listened to females before Lil Sims. So I just want to say that you know, obviously listened to like Miss Dynamite and Missy Elliott yeah. and all those beforehand, but. I don't know, it's just when it came to Lil Sims, like from a, just from a lyrical standpoint and from a quality standpoint of those lyrics and also just of, I guess, content as well. It's just when it just light bulbed for me. Yeah, I mean, it was only just um, Nicki's verse on Monster and then it was never me going, oh, I didn't realise females could rap like this. It was more, why the fuck have I not been presented with more females rapping that was honestly my first thought yeah, when i heard that yeah. nikki monsterverse i was just like where have all the women been why have i i've been discovering music for 10 years and i'm only now getting to this like what the fuck and you know we spoke about that on our our women episode so yeah. we can, if anyone wants to listen to that they can go back to that but um shout out. yeah man this is this is a great album shout out all right come on then Number fucking two. Oh. Come on then, let's get out. Let's get over. Come on then. Well, all right. Let me talk about why. You'd be I think number it's two, mine. Charlie. Yeah. Let me just say why this is the perfect hip hop album, and let Charlie defend his decision. <laughs> Are you defending so, shit? I don't care. My my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Uh, I'm going to give you the reasons why I think it's the perfect album. Now, 
rapping has to be on the perfect hip-hop album you need to have an upper echelon performance from every single artist on the perfect album and no artist misses on this album there is not a solitary verse you can point to and say that's not very good i posted about this album a couple of days ago and questioned my twitter followers who was the best ver- who had the best verse and i got like 20 different answers you know like ross and nikki of course but raekwon Kanye, uh, Kanye takes it to a whole other level with his rapping. Like his third verse on Gorgeous is just unbelievable. I don't know who wrote that for him. I don't know who wrote. I assume Sci-Hi wrote most of this album for him, but um, he he delivers those words incredibly well. He bosses all of the lights. Even his verse on Devil in a New Dress is incredible. There's not even a mid-tier verse on this album. Like, and there are some of the greatest verses of all time on here. Pusha T, Jay Z on So Appalled, The Dark Knight Hero. Um, die be a villain or live die and be a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain and then would you be would you rather be overpaid or underrated like that still makes me think that song like that, I still can't get my head around that bar like that's crazy um, the hooks have to be good hooks are a tricky thing to nail in hip hop and a lot of artists outsource which is fine but Kanye's always been good at hooks and on this, he, he enlists just about everyone to help him. There's so many artists listening on all of the lights. I can't even read them all out. There's, there's like 30 of them. Rihanna's on there somewhere. Bonavay's on there somewhere. Every hook on this album is perfectly suited to the track. Like when the sample blends into Kanye's defiance on power, the confidence of Monstar, RZA just bossing so appalled at the end there. And then you've got like the fully anthemic runaway. Incredible hook. Production is just... How can you even say any more about the production on this? It's just perfect. The only beat Kanye doesn't touch on this record is the best beat on here, which is Devil in a New Dress by Bink and Mike Dean. Yeah. The guitar in that song is emotional. You, It's like the guitar is crying. And then Ross just wanders in from the wilderness and delivers a strain of consciousness worthy of fucking Andre 3000. <laughs> how, how did he even do that? And then every time he goes, oh, it's like punctuated by a beat stab. It's uh, it's just unbelievable, and I'm sorry for butchering his ad lib there, but like, fuck. And you know, West enlisted the most co-producers of his entire career to that point, which just shows his ability as an arranger. You know, the rhythmic anthem of power is just so raw and abrasive. The haziness of so appalled, gorgeous is just so urgent. Hell of a life. It's like that beat sounds as if it were soundtracking a Playboy montage. And then the Aphex Twin sample on Blame Game is so clutch. It's just, yeah, that's incredible. Commercial crossover appeal, you have to have that on a classic hip-hop album. And hip-hop, you know, Kanye Kanye suffered from the Taylor Swift thing. You know, no, no song on this album went top 10. This is an album with Runaway, All of the Lights, and Power, and none of them went top 10. So, you know, Kanye did suffer from the, the, Taylor, the Taylor blowback. But, um... We don't, we don't really give a fuck about Taylor in Australia, for example. And, and Power and Runaway was everywhere. Everywhere. Every freaking where. Everyone was playing those songs. So massive crossover appeal. And the message. Uh, the perfect hip-hop album needs lyrical content. It needs a theme or a message or a goal. And Kanye was under widespread attack after the Taylor Swift incident. And there was an insane amount writing on this project. Think about the pressure it was created under. And then look at his lyrics. So overtly confident and self-assured. It's the greatest comeback album I've ever heard. No hint of self-doubt. 
And you know, that could be arrogance if your product doesn't match your own perception, but Kanye totally delivered in his lyrical content and at times deeply socially conscious. It was funny at times, introspective. It dealt with human life in just a very real way. Um, and the thing that I love about this album is it is the the Bible for betting on yourself and, and backing yourself and being your own biggest fan. And as much as we love to criticize Kanye for his ego and his big head, on this album, it just came together perfectly and it just bleeds into every bar on this album is just tinged with self-assuredness and this is a perfect hip-hop album this is the perfect hip-hop album that's all i'm i can say about it. it's just i've played it when i was dating a girl in 2010 my best friend now emily shout out emily i know that you're not listening to this but she adores this album everyone i've played to loves this album um the Chris Rock feature is funny. Like, oh man, I could go on for years, but it's just the perfect hip hop album to me. Charlie, come on, bro. I don't. I don't know. I I really don't know why. I, I don't know. Are you expecting fireworks from me or something? Because I'm just. I've got, literally got zero from Charlie on this. I've got nothing. I've got no explanation. I've got no. Not even an offhanded comment. Not even on that album or nothing. And I've, I'm waiting just for something. I need something. I need an explanation. Just a tiny little one. Well, on the on the concept of best hip hop album, and then it's not your number one hip hop album of of twenty of the of the twenty tens. Uh, it's kind of when sports awards do like I don't know best offensive player of the year, and then doesn't get MVP. It doesn't make sense to me. So if you're gonna be the best offensive player of the year that next you have to be the mvp but that's just me um then that, that i said it, no, no, no hang on hang on hang on i said it was the perfect hip-hop album i didn't say it was the best I, I, there's a difference I, I, i'll explain okay, that next okay week. and let's, I'm, I'm let's gonna, say, i have let's say, that. <laughs> let's say this is 10 out of 10 okay this is how i always view these two albums this is 10 out of 10 this album the album we're going to speak about next week is fucking 15 out of 10. Okay. I, I will explain why, but that album just blew my mind. But this okay. album to okay. me is, okay. yeah, that's, it's, it's hard, it's subjective, Charlie, it's subjective. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is my thing, yeah, so, like, I, okay, whatever, fine, sure, have that, have that if you want. I, I that's just how I, that's just how I feel, like, if you're going to say perfect, then, like, you, there's no such thing as two perfect things. There's no such thing as perfect thing. So I don't know. That's how I think. But anyway, this album. That's fair, um, that's fair. So I have. I didn't listen to this album until I don't know, like 2017. <laughs> like it took me. Okay. It took me a long time to listen to this for the first time ever. Partly because uh, nobody told me to. That's just straight up. Nobody told me to. And um, there was no one in high school going like, "Oh, dude, you got to listen to MB. My both beautiful daughter Tennessee. So weird." And I'm like. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody went to me f- uh, like that. <laughs> uh, funny enough, uh, people in my high school weren't that into hip hop music unless it, unless it was t- yeah. top ten in the UK hip hop charts. So, That's um, the same as me. you know, un- unless it was like, like I said, like Jamie or Skepta or whatever. Like this, this, but then again, people listen to stronger. So I don't know. I don't know why people didn't put me onto this sooner. But the only, but the only, the only reason I listened to this in the first place, uh, when it came to, when it came down to listen to it, was uh, literally just so I can understand season two of Dissect. <laughs> That's literally the only reason I listened to it at first. Um, yeah, so 
Well, it's not on my list because uh, partly because I didn't listen to it in the 2010s if it, uh, in, at 20, when it dropped. If I did, maybe similar in a similar way to Good Kid, Messi, it would be higher on my list or even on my list in this case. But um, it's just not. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with uh, most of the things you said. Uh, I do find that it slows down a little at the after Runaway. To be completely honest, I think that's partly just because it's Runaway. Um, that track is just absolutely um, atmospheric. Uh, but even with that said, I, 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 I don't, I don't like the last like three, four minutes of it. Like the reason why that's obviously seven minutes. Obviously, I like the song itself. The song itself is great. Um, but the, the electronic no, I'm, stuff. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not into that. I, I'm. I'm just not. That's. That was, that's just me. I don't like it. I. I I I forgot what the reason why um is a thing um I guess I have to listen to dissect again don't I but um yeah I just that particular that particular part of the song I just really wasn't into but yeah I think after that I kind of just uh I I think it personally for me it petered out um the the last uh, I think after hell of a life I do I don't remember I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember uh, do I remember blame game. I don't, to be honest. I don't remember playing game. I remember Lost in the World in a way, but uh, yeah. But yeah, honestly, it's just because tracks like Devil in the New Dress, tracks like All of the Lights, tracks like Power and Gorgeous, and especially Dark Fantasy, which is like probably top 10 like greatest intro tracks of all time for me mm. absolutely fucking amazing apart from the fact that you could have gotten a british person to do nikki's part i'm that that bit constantly pisses me off like she can't even she she she, yeah, she, she can't even she, she, i'm sorry she can't she, she can't speak british it just sounds corny it, it, i can't deal with that but apart from that it's super sick. It's fat. It's so clean, and uh, no surprise that Rizzo was on uh, on on that production, and no ID and Mike Dean and Basker, obviously. But um, yeah, that 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 particular track is slaps. But I think this this album, I guess, putting it uh, all together, it was just like um, for me, it's like some of the tracks are just so op that it just I don't need to listen to the other tracks personally, and that's. That's, that's partly just because um, I'm not really I'm not really that deep into Kanye like uh, most people. Um, I'm not really looking for like I'm gonna look, go listen to but Dust Dust Fantasy just because I'm just like no nah, I've got Devil in a New Dress on my regular rotation right now. I had Dark Fantasy on my regular rotation a couple of years back uh, for a good while. You know I'm 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 always gonna have a Doctor's Fantasy track on my regular rotation most of the time. But um, yeah. I, as an album, partly it's just because I didn't listen to it until like 2017, and that's on me. Um, there's no blame on anybody else. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I I agree with mo- what mo- what everyone says. I agree, I agree with what you say. Objectively, it is top five, obviously. Um, maybe even the top three. Um, but for me personally, I, just, I I I love a lot of the tracks, and then I'm fine with not listening to the rest to be completely honest it, it it's not a i think obviously because it's kanye it's a it's a every time you listen to a kanye album it's kind of like and especially in this case of an album um you have to be indulgent in kanye if that makes any sense and i'm not 
And because of that, I don't listen to the last, was it, uh, three tracks? Uh, I just don't. And that's just me. Um, I don't like Swiss Beats. It's, I, can't, I can't believe I'm saying it again. I do like Swiss Beats, honestly. But, but if you hand it in the year... Uh, you hate Swiss Beats on the low. Like, God, that's, that's a, Jesus. Beats, Swiss, please stop. I, I don't know why. I, I do like Swiss, honestly. But every time, we, like every time I bring up Swiss, it's negative. I'm sorry about that. But um, he's he's a great producer, and I do. But I just yeah, and then, oh god, stop! <laughs> it just pisses me off. But yeah, I agree with what you say. Um, I'm just not indulging in Kanye like that, to be honest. And uh, uh, but yeah, some great tracks on there for sure. Legendary tracks. All right, man. Fair enough. It's subjective. I uh, I accept your. Uh... Well, I don't need to, you. Don't need my acceptance, but um. No, I do. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, no, I do. I, I, I crave for it. This is why I come here every <laughs> Sunday. I need. I crave for Ben's opinion. Well, for Ben's. Charlie, you, you'd be the first. Charlie, you would be the first. <laughs> so um, Ben, accept nah, man, me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, um, that has been digging digits. Uh, number one album of the decade coming next week. You guys know what it is. Yeah, it's a big one. You guys know what it is, let's be real. But um, you have to hold back to next week. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, so it's going it's to be fun. Uh, I've been Charlie Taylor of The Fifth Element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. We hope you all have a good week. <laughs> we always try and do the same. Uh, but until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show, piece and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Trio Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Trio Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. Digging in the Digits.